1: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We have NBA action, games have started, and we are going to break down everything we've learned so far. Let's go Celtics, I need it, I need
0: it, let's go! Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead, right, to game, Not
1: a game, not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record. It's possible! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter uh, at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Guys, we have uh, basketball action. We've got NBA action and our fantasy seasons are underway. This is the first uh, in-season podcast for the year. Uh, we have so much to get through. Um, I do just want to, before we get stuck into it, on today's podcast, we'll be going through every single game that has happened so far. I won't be doing this every week. This is not going to be like a, a box score analysis podcast uh, and they won't. I won't be doing every day, every game. But because it is the early part of the season, I do want to dive in with a bit more detail to every single game to sort of pick up all the things that we can learn from it um, but before we do that I do want to recommend if you don't already please go over to my Twitter and follow me again that again is ball boys sorry at ball boys NBA um, dropping a lot of information on Twitter especially now that the season has started if you need to make, make waiver wire moves or quick decisions start sit decisions um, all of the information will be coming out over on Twitter immediately all of my immediate reactions all of my Thoughts are going to be over there on Twitter. So uh, at the moment, I'm punching out a lot of information on Twitter. So make sure you go check me out over there again. That's Ball Boys NBA on Twitter, so you guys can get the most up to date and fastest information before waiting before these podcasts come out. Which uh, which will be again. I'm hoping to do maybe three podcasts a week during the season. I was pumping out pods like a madman in the preseason, basically doing once a day. Um, That sort of regime was a little bit more manageable in the off season when I could do things ahead of time. Um, I'm still uh, obviously working full-time and, and as much as I would love to be doing fantasy basketball uh, full-time as a job, it just isn't possible right now. So uh, I will still try to be doing a lot of content during the season, but I want to make sure that the content I put out there is relevant and up to date. So for that reason, um, the volume might be a little bit less than in the preseason, but again, still more than I've done in the past. So hoping to get to you three podcasts a week. So um, there'll be different ones. I'll be doing like a weekly review, some buy low, sell high as well ones there, Waiver Wire Editions, all of that stuff is coming out soon. So today, again, bit of a special podcast. We're going to go through every single game that has happened so far, including the ones that happened on day one of the NBA and then the big 12 game slate today. So we're going to get stuck straight into it. Uh, Basically, again, not normally going to do this, but we're going to go through all of the box scores uh, for all of these games and basically highlight the things that stand out to me. So we'll start off yesterday, like we said, with the Boston Celtics versus Philadelphia game. To me, not um, the less relevant stuff on that day, I think to me the biggest takeaways from this Philadelphia side um, was the um, the Tyrese Maxi thing I'll touch on that he He scored twenty one points, very efficient, fifty percent shooting eight from sixteen from the field uh, hit a couple of threes but again, the reason that I was very much down on Tyrese Maxi in the preseason one rebound, two assists. No blocks. Uh, he did have two steals, but again, that's not something I would expect from him. He averaged less than a steal per game last season. I uh, don't think that's going to be changing. Super efficient scoring. That's awesome. But again, play 38 minutes. I uh, don't know if we're going to see him that high in terms of his minutes. This is almost like a, uh, you know, best case scenario version for Tyrese Maxey. So sure, it's a decent game here, but uh, I think if you drafted him really high, I would personally be trying to look at this as a bit of a sell high. If, If other people in your league are able to give you a top 60 player, I think I would take it. Um, to me, this does highlight what I was worried about Tyrese Maxey. Uh, I was down on him compared to the preseason, and this has not changed my mind. Um, James Harden was good. We knew that. I had him, I think, at 6 in my rankings. 12 from 12 from the free throw line is always awesome. I would expect the field goal percentage to be that high, but again, he looks pretty good. Um, Tobias Harris had a nice game, and I've had a few people already jump in my comments saying, oh, Ty- Tobias Harris, your number one bust, you know, had a decent game. Yeah, cool. He's not going to have three steals <laughs> most night um, that's just..." Just not what he does. Zero assists, two rebounds. Um, he shot 50% from the field. Uh, look, he, uh, he's not going to completely bust. He'll be fine. He's a rosterable player. But I just think that the lack of steals, threes, assists, uh, the rebounds are, again, two per game. Uh, sorry, two in this game. It's just not something that I think I really want to be involved with. I didn't draft him anywhere because he was going far too high to what I thought he would do. Um, and again, I see this almost as a bit of a sell high for Tobias Harris. I'm not uh, changing my mind there either. Um, Embiid was Embiid. He didn't even have like a great game, really. I mean, the three-point percentage, one from six, you'd think maybe he hits another one of those. Um, but again, 26 and 15 with five assists and a block that's pretty bloody good. So um, if you're going to play like that on your off days, I think that's pretty strong. Um, the one other one, a couple other ones we want to touch on, Matisse Theibel played 24 seconds in this game. So not someone that I ever advocated drafting, but if you did draft him, I think you can pretty safely go ahead and drop him. I mean, you, you probably hold him for streaming tomorrow because again, there's only two games on. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be um, the games on that night. So, you might as well hold him and just confirm the fact that he's not going to be basically getting much playing time on this team. Um, And then, again, if it doesn't, and you can then stream that position in, I would 100% tick that off. DeAnthony Melton, this uh, obviously is not what we were after our first day. He did play the 20 and a half minutes, um, which is okay for Melton. He's going to be sort of in those low 20s, I would expect. I think that there is scope for some of these other guys like Maxi and Harden to see their minutes drop a little bit more than that, Um, so maybe he can get to 22, 23 minutes per night, which again is basically what he did last year. In my eyes, he was a top 120 guy and I think 22 minutes a night last year, so even though this is disappointing and perhaps the usage on a team like this with Harden and Maxi and Embiid out there, if he doesn't get minutes on the court without any of those guys there, the usage is going to be tough, and maybe that does dint his value, but he is someone that I'm happy to hold, especially when he's playing to, um, you know, in a low-volume game the next day. Um, so I'd definitely be giving... De Anthony Melton, a few more games to um, redeem himself before I make any rash decisions about dropping him. The rest of the roster is whatever. Montrose Harold played over Paul Reed, which I thought was pretty dumb. He looked awful, so hopefully, Paul Reed can get out there for your dynasty managers or deep leagues. Uh, we do love us some B ball Paul. On the Celtics side, Tatum and Brown were awesome. Um, I've got Tatum in a lot of leagues, so I was very happy to see that. The fact that he was shooting so efficient is really, really good. One of the big things that changed his value last season was the increase in his efficiency and assist numbers. You know, four assists in this game. It's not amazing, but it's it's really good for a power forward eligible player. Um, and the fact, again, 65% from the field. That's really good. Didn't even hit his threes efficiently. Was getting to the line. Was getting um, to the hoop as well. So, I think that you're going to see him. Uh, yeah, he's he's a very, very easy top 10 for me. Robert Williams out. Maybe you see his rebounds tick up a tiny bit. But, yeah, he's, he's going to do Tatum things. I'm not panicking. On Al Horford, he um, was in foul trouble, was limiting his minutes to 23 per night. Um, The fact that he still managed to contribute with five rebounds, assist, he hit a couple of threes. You You'd never drafted Al Horford for points, so the fact that he scored six is not really, um, you know, it's not a big issue. You would have liked to see maybe a block and a steal or or a couple of more assists, but again, those... um, those fouls really limited him. And, you know, you're going up against Joel Embiid. It's always a tough night in that kind of situation. So, again, I'm not panicking on Al Horford. We expected the scoring to be low. He's not going to shoot 28% every game. So, um, yeah, not too worried about that. Uh, Marcus Smart was solid. Um, just did Marcus Smart things. Poor field goal percentage, but you knew that. Derek White played 24 minutes in the start. He was a guy I was kind of keeping an eye on to see if he could do anything with the starting role. Um, You know, 24 minutes is not really what we need from Derek White. We need him playing closer to 28 to 30 minutes to be fantasy relevant. He still is on my watch list. It's not enough for me to go and grab him. Um, but again, just someone that I'm continuing to watch to see if those minutes change. Um, but yeah, not enough for me to grab him off the wire. Malcolm Brogdon uh, was someone that I was pretty keen on. Once we saw the injury news come from Gallinari and Robert Williams, we thought that the uh, minutes would go up. I only played 24 minutes a night, uh, 24 minutes in this one, so. I wouldn't expect him, if that is going to be the case, I wouldn't expect him to be this good every night. Obviously, he shot the ball really well. 63.6% from the field is unrealistic to expect from Malcolm Brogdon. But he is someone in a smaller role that can be a much more efficient scorer than we've seen in the past. Um, and I think he is someone that could potentially sneak into the top 100. So again, if for whatever reason, if he's out on your waiver wire, uh, absolutely go and grab him. Uh, but yeah, it was encouraging to see him play really well. And he looked good out there for the Celtics. So I think that that playing time could tick up. Grant Williams was five from five from the field in 24 minutes, so um, again, not expecting that to continue, and the fact that he didn't get any other real stats to go along with it, with any steals, blocks, one rebound, one assist, um, yeah, he's definitely much more of a roto play than a head-to-head, just because he ha- doesn't have really any strong strengths, like anywhere in particular, so sure, in, in a roto team, you can have him, but again, the upside I don't think is very high, so for me, I'd be... You know, especially in a roto, when you've got a, a bench there that you can kind of just stash and sort of wait and see. His, his is a low upside play, so someone I'd probably not really bother with. Um, and then, yeah, nothing else really to see on this team. Jalen Brown did well, shot the ball well, hit his free throws, which is nice. Wouldn't expect that to continue. So, yeah, all in all, pretty stock standard for that game. Um, the next game that we're going to have a look at, if I just flick over again, was the... Uh, the Golden State Warriors versus the Lakers. Now, um, okay, so the Lakers obviously were defeated in this game. Their lineup, man, um, their roster, it's its making a lot of noise over on Twitter. Um, it's not good. We knew it wasn't good. Uh, it was still pretty ugly to see. Um, look... I've not been the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. Um, it's well documented. I have basically dropped him from my season guide as I don't think he's a player that I'd be drafting in head-to-head category leagues. He um, he played well here today. Look, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal. Shot the ball efficiently. 58% from the field and 80% from the line. That's a great line. Um, four turnovers. You know, it's not absolute killer. Obviously, LeBron had more, but I'm not... Going to fall for this. I think that there's going to be real issues with Westbrook sooner rather than later. All of the talk on Twitter, everywhere, is is like there's so much noise, there's so much smoke about what the Lakers are going to be doing with Westbrook when Schroeder comes back in trades um, are going to be, there's going to be rumors about this team all season until the trade deadline. So uh, Westbrook is saying (laughs) just weird shit, saying that coming off the bench caused him to injure his hamstring because he didn't know how to warm up or anything like that. Just this this guy, man, I I swear to God, um, he's not ready to come off the bench. So if that's the way the team ends up going, I can see there being a big, big fuss. Um, So again, look, he had a good game here. You could take a flyer on him and cross your fingers if he is for some reason, although I doubt it, on your waiver wire. And if he is on your team, I definitely would be trying to sell high on him. Um, That's just me. A lot of you will disagree, but I just don't think Russell Westbrook in a couple of months time uh, or even a month's time will be someone you want on your fantasy roster. I don't know if he's even going to be playing uh, in 2023 uh, just because he doesn't make sense on this team. He doesn't make sense on... Pretty much any team in the NBA. So, Russell Westbrook, enjoy this uh, game. I don't know how many more we're going to see personally. Uh, LeBron James was very solid. Uh, Again, he did LeBron things. Nothing really. No steals or blocks, again. So, one of the things that boosted his value last year were the increased block numbers. Um, Not playing center here. Anthony Davis was actually playing center here, but still only six rebounds is one of the things that's been decreasing for him each season. Still something to watch here, but otherwise played really well. Four steals is great. 27 points is great. Um, Wasn't super efficient from either the field or the line, but not horrible either. So, um, you know, solid stuff for him. And then the rest of this roster is just trash. There is nothing, nothing at all to get excited here. Maybe you could stream Kendrick Nunn for points and threes, maybe. But outside of this roster, outside of those sort of three guys, really two guys... Um, there's nothing else in here. Oh, I, sh- I should mention Patrick Beverly. Sorry. He is the other guy that should be on rosters. Obviously, horrible. One from five. Uh, only scored three points, but you're not, you're not rostering again. Like Al Horford, you're not rostering Patrick Beverly for his points. You got him for his steals, four steals. You got him for his blocks, two blocks from a point guard. Um, a couple of assists. We'd like a few more of those. Had a lot of foul trouble, so it was limited to just, you know, under 25 minutes this, this game. Uh, but I expect that to be, Closer to thirty, you know, you might even see Westbrook and Patrick Beverly's minutes flip there. Uh, in all honesty, if Beverly wasn't in foul trouble for a lot of this game, so uh, yeah, had had the five fouls there. So I think that don't panic on Patrick Beverly. You're not going to get scoring from him. We knew that, but you did still get some good defensive stats on the uh, Golden State Warriors side. Steph was Steph, he was awesome. Um, that's cool. Nothing really to, to discuss there. He four steals you definitely take and a block. That's that's really great. But he was, you know, just being him. Clay Thompson is someone I want to talk about. Now, before the game, we sort of um got word that there was gonna be minutes restrictions on a few of their starters, and then it was just gonna be Draymond and Clay, and then all of a sudden during the broadcast, the commentator was like Oh yeah, they're going to limit him to 18 to 20 minutes per night. And I was just like, what? Why? When did we hear that before? It was, it was said as if it was just common knowledge. Um, so I didn't see anything about that before the game. I've obviously drafted him in the locked on fantasy basketball bowl, very much regretting that decision. But again, in this contest, the usage was super high in his limited time. Um, you know six of 13 18 points um, you know hit his two threes you know 80 percent from the line um, had a steal few assists in there so he was he was serviceable but it definitely is something that I'm pretty concerned about if I could get anything top 75 for clay I would probably do it I just think that he might be a bit of a headache uh, for a lot this season the fact that they're limiting to under 20 minutes now means I'm pretty confident they're going to rest him on back to backs perhaps for the entire season depending on how they're going and how he's looking. Uh yeah, so Clay is maybe a headache that I would not really want to be having this season, but hopefully, fingers crossed because I'm in this boat, hopefully they will be increasing his minutes uh sooner rather than later. Jordan Poole was good off the bench. 28 minutes though is is the thing I want to highlight here, the fact that he only got 28 minutes when Clay Thompson only had 19 or under 20 that's a bit of a red flag for me. He won't shoot 26% from the field um, very often. Um, So, you know, this easily could have been a 20-point per game, uh, a 20-game, 7 assists, 2 steals, 4-3 game. It could have been really, really good, yes. Um, But it just, to me, again, caps the upside. I don't view him as a top 60 guy. He's a top 80 top 75 guy, so he's still very valuable, and I really, really like Jordan Poole. Uh, I put out a tweet during the game that I was wondering if it was a hot take whether or not he uh, is a better player than Clay Thompson. I think he personally is. Um, all things considered, I know that Clay is probably a better defender, but I think Jordan Poole's offense and creation ability is just that much better than Clay's. That um, it doesn't matter. You know, let me know what you think down in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. But to me, Jordan Poole is someone that. Look, he's, you're obviously not going to drop him or do anything with it. Um, but yeah, just want to monitor in terms of the minutes when Clay's minutes do rise because I do see a bit of downside with his minutes when others are healthy. But again, you might see lots of restings and back-to-backs. So it might all just come out in the wash, but just be mindful that his value... Could be a bit of a roller coaster this season, if especially you are, you know, maybe some start sit decisions could uh, could be swayed by that. Draymond Green wasn't very good—four um, points, five rebounds, five assists in under twenty-five minutes. Um, not the best. Uh, I think he'll be fine. I don't want to drop him or anything like that, but you know, under twenty-five minutes, the steals blocks weren't there, obviously. Um, I don't know. Just a bit down on Draymond this season. He's still obviously you didn't get him for scoring. He's you know going to be good in punt points builds, but um, yeah, just just not that keen on 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 Draymond this season. Andrew Wiggins was really good, although he did hit like three threes in that last quarter there to kind of boost his value. Until then, he was kind of just doing whatever. Um, so I wouldn't really expect lines like this. Um, didn't get to the free throw line, so that helps. doesn't hurt you if you were looking after that category. But, yeah, he was fine. And James Wiseman, 16 minutes, 30 seconds. If Draymond's playing 25 and Looney's playing 21 and James Wiseman can still only get uh, 16 and a half minutes, then to me, I'm fine to drop James Wiseman. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Uh, You know, 8.7 rebounds did he have? Yeah, he had one block. 66% 66% from the field. So it's, it's okay. It's not a bad line. Um, he's, he's okay. He does have some fantasy appeal, but I just really struggle to see the minutes available for him when players like Jermichael Green are getting 23.5 per night. Um, you know, Moses Moody didn't even get onto the court very much. Maybe he sees an uptick in playing time. I just don't see him getting to like the 22 minutes a night that he needs to be a consistent fantasy player. A streamer on low-volume days for your rebounds and field goal percentage and maybe some blocks, but that's uh, honestly about it. So for me, I think if there's another good waiver wire guy, James Wiseman is someone you could definitely drop. All right, over on to today's game. I'm probably going to be going for an hour and a half at this rate on this podcast, but being the first uh, first breakdown of the season, we'll, we'll take a little bit longer. So, All right, Orlando versus Detroit. Paolo Bonquero unquestionably an awesome debut. I was a little bit... Obviously, he made my bus show. He was the 10th guy on the bus show, so I wasn't completely, this guy will definitely bust. I was just a little bit worried about his efficiency. Did very well here, 61% from the field. 11 of 18 is obviously great. Didn't hit a three here, didn't shoot a three. um, 71% from the line. The turnovers had four of them. Um, uh, Two blocks is nice. I wonder how... Reliable that will be. But obviously, this is a great performance. He did look really good and comfortable out there and probably was, uh, you know, potentially the best player for the Magic on the night. And obviously, 35 minutes you love. So, good start for Palo. Um, Jalen Suggs went from uh, being out injured indefinitely to healthy, healthy. And now he started in this game and played bloody awesome. Um, I'm not expecting him to shoot 8 from 11 uh, or 4 from 6 from 3. He hit both these free throws, had a couple of steals and, and uh, a few assists, all in just 25 minutes. So, Awesome, awesome job for Jalen Suggs. He's not going to play this well most nights, but it is very encouraging if um, he's able to do this, just given where he was last season and his efficiency. I was very high on Suggs before his injury because I thought the addition of Paolo just releases a bit of pressure on him. Um, Cole Anthony was out. Very late scratch to this game with illness, um, and Filz is obviously still away. So, um, this benefited Suggs. So, again, he won't be this good, but he is absolutely a must-roster player, in my opinion. Be aware the field goal percentage will be probably bad, um, and the free throw percentage might not be the best either. But um, good assists and steals, and if he can chip in with, you know, a couple of threes, and the points can tick over closer to sort of 14, 15 per night he could easily find himself as like a top 100 player and he has good upside. And I think he's a really good player. So absolutely, Jalen Suggs is a must roster player, in my opinion. Franz did his thing. Um, basically, what we expected? Uh, no steals and blocks is a bit of a shame, but otherwise really good there. Wendell Carter Jr., Again, I'd like I liked him this preseason. Um, maybe the usage was a bit lower than I would have hoped, but you know, 11 boards, he got a steal and a block, a few assists. I think that's pretty much what we can expect from Wendell Carter Jr. this season. Um, he didn't get to the line and hurt you from the free throws, so that's good. I think that Wendell Carter Jr. is someone that I am in on this season, and uh, I think that the fact that he's playing 32 plus minutes on this night, um, and Mo Bamba played 12. I honestly think that that's probably what you're going to get. Bol Bol played more minutes than Mo Bamba, So, again, this is your cue here to, uh, yeah, Mo Bamba, drop. Drop him. He's not going to be worth the time if he's only going to play that amount of minutes. I had tried to warn everyone. I still thought he was worth a flyer when a few of those other guys were out. But when you're getting players like Terence Ross, Caleb Houston, Bowl, Bol, Bol um, Trimeka Okeke, all getting minutes more than him... That's not a good sign. And then you've only got Cole Anthony and Fultz to come back, which is just going to squish that rotation up a bit more. So, Mobamba for me, is a very comfortable drop if he's on your team. Over to the Detroit Pistons. Um, Kay Cunningham, don't panic. Don't panic. We knew that field goal percentage was probably going to be rough. The turnovers were high. But 10 assists, 18 points is great. Uh, maybe, you know, again, if that 37% goes up to 45%, um, that... 18 points becomes, you know, 24, 25, and then you've got 25 and 10, and you've got a steal. The rebounds I would expect to be higher. One rebounds is probably not typical for Cade Cunningham, but gave you a couple of threes, 100% from the line. Um, yeah, very, very fine with Cade Cunningham, and I still think he has a chance of being a second round guy, uh, if not a third round player. Isaiah Stewart was pretty solid in his time, 26 minutes. Um, you know, it's not 30, but it's still enough for him to have value, so definitely he is a hold and um, is a 12-team guy. 14 points, six, uh, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals is good. He hit 1 of 4 from the 3, so, you know, hit you a 3. He's shooting them. 4 attempts is decent, so 4 of his 6 field goal attempts worth 3s. Um, I think this will overall hurt his field goal percentage, so in terms of his overall value at the end of the day... Not sure where it finishes up, but uh, it is another string to his bow, and uh, I think it's only really a good thing for Isaiah Stewart. The guy who I am concerned about is Sadiq Bay. Five field goal attempts for Sadiq. He did get to the line four times, but oh, sorry, two times for four attempts at the free throws. But for me, when his value is so tied up in his points and threes. When he doesn't get the usage, he is not offering you, offering you much. So Sadiq Bay is definitely. I'm not dropping him yet, but he is someone that I am very. Uh, I'm concerned about when Bogdan, Bog, sorry, when Bojan Bogdanovich is getting 16 and Sadiq is getting five. That's a bit of a red flag for me. Again, it's a one-game sample size, so I'm not dropping him just yet. But he is a very uh, one-trick pony guy in fantasy basketball. He's not an efficient guy, so he needs lots of volume to get his value. He's not a steals-blocks guy. Um, so for me, he is definitely one to watch. And uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in a week's time if or a couple of weeks' time if City Bay is a droppable player. Um, Jaden Ivey and, uh, Jalen Durin, the two rookies did very well in their debut. I think both guys can be a 12-team option. Obviously, I'm more confident in Jaden Ivey just because of the minutes. Um, I like Jalen Duran's fantasy game a bit better. Obviously, they're two completely different players in a big man and a guard. But, um, you know, Jaden Ivey played well 52, sorry, 53.3% from the field. 8 of 15 is a very welcome sight. You know, one of the issues that I thought we might have was his inefficiency, but he was smart on the offensive um, side of the floor, was getting selective with his shots. Uh, he's Obviously, extremely athletic and um, was very active in the passing lanes with three steals. So, all good signs. Um, you know, three rebounds, four assists is is okay. Um, he's not someone who I think is going to get you a, a large amount of si- assists. But he is definitely someone that you can have on your roster. And I think that this is obviously a good start for him. Jalen Duran is someone that I am recommending a lot of people add. I don't think he's uh, super highly owned out there in fantasy. So I think, again, with the injury to Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Stewart, I don't think he's a guy you want to run out there for 30 plus minutes per night. So Jalen Duran should see minutes in the low 20s. And he looked really good out there. It would not surprise me if he... Um, at one point during the season, enters the starting lineup. He is just... He's a great defender. He's a huge man. Like, this guy, he's, I think he's is he still 18 years old. I'll have to double-check that, but this guy is just a, a man-mountain. He's an excellent rebounder, excellent shot blocker. He's going to be taking efficient so- shots, so he's going to be that perfect, you know, typical big man. Um, you know, 0-4 from the free-throw line is not ideal. He'll obviously be better than that, but it might sting you there a little bit, but... He is someone that definitely I'd be taking a swing on. I wouldn't drop anything of really high value because the minutes that, you know, when they're in those low 20s, you're going to see a plenty of volatility, but there is definitely high potential here and high upside. So he is someone that I think is an ad on a lot of fantasy rosters. And Bojan Bogdanovic just kind of did his thing. I wouldn't expect the usage to be that high every night, but six threes, 50% from the field, 24 points. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And obviously is someone that if you need those points and threes and good free throw percentage, should be not on a uh, waiver wire out there. So that is that game. Let's head over to the next game here. Washington versus Indiana. Um, not the closest of games With this one here, Washington wins 114 107. It was um, not as close as that score suggests. But Danny Avdia was the starter, and then I think he went down with an injured ankle. So he says it's, um, you know, the x rays came back negative, but he might still miss a bit of time. Cole Kuzma looked really, really good. the Indiana Pacers were pretty small today with Miles Turner a late out. We'll talk about that in a second. So he feasted with some rebounds. So did Porzingis. Uh, efficiency for Porzingis was was poor, but um, you know, you probably expected that when you got Chris Stapps, he's not gonna be a big field goal guy for your center, but you know, two blocks, ten rebounds, fifteen points. Uh, He gave you a three. I think he is going to be good. I'm encouraged by the fact that they gave him nearly 32 minutes in a game that wasn't really super tight. Uh, So for me, that's the most encouraging thing. They're not necessarily giving him a minute's limit. Hopefully, that doesn't mean that he injures himself down the line. But for now, I think in terms of his production, that is encouraging. Beal did his thing. Um, You know, 17 shots. Maybe you'd want more. The fact that Kuzma got 19 and Beal got 17. Maybe that means he's not going to be that guy that's putting up 30 a night, but he should still be okay to get sort of between 23 to 25 points per night, so where he was going in drafts, I think, should be fine. The guy here that I'm a little concerned about is Monty Morris. Um, Just looking at his minutes here compared with DeLon Wright, Uh, Wright played more minutes than him with 26 under 27 minutes per night and, and is a good player. He's someone who's good on the defensive side with steals and blocks, so... I'm not necessarily pulling the trigger yet, but Dylan Wright is definitely someone that I've added to a lot of my watch lists to see if this trend continues. I would expect that Monty Morris plays closer to 26 to 28 minutes per night, but it's not a guarantee. Um, they, they went out and signed, sorry, traded for him, so I... Yeah, it's not something that I expected to see on opening night, but yeah, very, very interesting. He still gave you sort of six assists and a couple of steals with six rebounds. The scoring wasn't there, but we never expected that to be. Um, but yeah, just the minutes there does have me a little bit concerned, but I'm not panicking to the point of dropping him or adding DeLon Wright just yet, but I am monitoring that a bit closely. Uh, Dylan Wright, in deeper leagues, you know, 16, 14 team leagues, he might be some, someone you take a swing on if you are in need of those defensive stats. So, uh, But probably not yet in 12s. I'm still watching that situation. And Daniel Gafford, only the 16 minutes, but if Kristaps ever went down with an injury, he is someone that we grab immediately because even in 16 minutes, 12 points, 7 rebounds, a block, um, 75% of the field. He's just a good permanent guy. So, um, not enough time to be relied upon, but if Again, if Chris Hubs ever goes down, you are grabbing him straight away. Over to the Indiana Pacers now. Obviously, Miles Turner injured himself in the warm up. The word is that he, he he rolled his ankle on the ball boy. Um, so I guess the ball boys out everywhere are trying to get Isaiah Jackson onto the uh, onto the court. But even that, even my little minions out there didn't uh, weren't enough to overcome the fact that uh, the coach just didn't want to play Isaiah Jackson very much. Only 16 minutes uh, in this game with no Turner. Um, Terry Taylor played 24, Jalen Smith only played 22, um, Goga Badatze got out there for 10 minutes. It's it's a bit of a mess. Um, not dropping just yet. Definitely not dropping. His upside is far too high to drop after one game. We knew at the start of the season when we were drafting him that he wasn't going to play heavy minutes at the start of the year. We'd hoped that if Miles Turner ever went down that he would come out and put up top 50 numbers. But obviously it didn't happen here. But I'm not panicking just... Uh, look, I'm, I'm a little panicking. I'm a little concerned. It's obviously not ideal. Uh, and this is why I said, you know, when he was ranked at 85, he was a bus candidate. When he moved to 150, he was a sleeper. He's He's got a wide range of outcomes. But you, you absolutely know that he does have the permanent upside in terms of his fantasy appeal when he's out on the court. The trouble is just getting him out there. So, um, yeah, maybe... Maybe someone to just really closely monitor. I'd stick him on your bench for now. Um, I, unfortunately, put him into my starting roster spot in a couple of leagues where I've got him once I heard the news that Turner was out. Didn't work out well, but, um, you know, it was worth the gamble, I think. Jalen Smith, um, you know, only 22 minutes. I think he had foul trouble early in the uh, early in the first quarter. I think he only had two fouls to finish the game, but I think they were within the first five minutes. So, um, lost a bit of time in that first quarter because of that. But, again, finished the game with 16 points, eight rebounds, um, had a block, hit a three, the free throws weren't the best, 60% from the line and only 42% from or 43% from the field. But the usage was, you know, among the the higher end of the team. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, it still, obviously, we're waiting to see what he looks like next to Miles Turner. But again, it, he looks pretty fine, and that kind of permanent production is very valuable. Tyrese Halliburton uh, was amazing. Uh, did really, really well. Efficient. Put up uh, assists assist at a high rate. Didn't get any steals, which is obviously a bit unfortunate. But twenty six points, fifty five percent from the free from the field. Hit all his free throws. That's awesome. And Benedict Matherin was great again. Carried over his preseason form. Nineteen points, seven rebounds, two assists, two seals is good. Forty six percent from the field. Excellent. Um, him. Absolutely, he should be on fantasy rosters. I'm not convinced yet. Um, but obviously, he is someone that does have a little bit of upside. He's a bit of an unknown factor. This team needs offense. Um, Chris Duarte stunk it up. Um, and he's not a high upside guy anyway. So easily, Benedict Matherin could overtake Chris Duarte sooner rather than later. So that, that could be definitely something that benefits Benedict. Um, so for me, Chris Duarte, you could easily drop him. He's not someone that is going to make you regret it later on. He, he probably will be better than this, but I don't think he's going to absolutely just kill you and make you, uh, you know, regret dropping him. And Buddy Heald surprisingly got 10 rebounds. Um, all right, okay, we'll take that. Four threes, 38% from the field. That's sort of the Buddy Heald, uh experience, the poor field goal percentage. Assists at three was one of the things we were watching in the preseason on the paces that was higher. So, um, you know, if you can keep... You know that I think he was averaging like five assists when he went over to the Paces um, to, to finish the season last year. So I wonder if he can get close to that number again. So yeah, a few things happening over there for the Paces, and uh, I think that there is still a lot to sort of um, a lot of water to go under the bridge with this team, especially. Let's move on to the next game here. Again, another wild uh, game. There was a lot of news to start the uh, the day today with some lineup decisions. And one of the most interesting decisions this uh, or today's games was the fact that the Houston Rockets um, they started Bruno Fernando at center and they took Alperen Sengun off the bench. Not only did they do that, but Bruno Fernando played 25 minutes to Alperen Sengun's 22 minutes and not only did they do that but our and Shang-Gun only had 9 field goal attempts um not good not not good at all uh look i don't know how long this lasts they didn't win the game Shangun was decent in his minutes he was efficient 5 from 9 um 9 rebounds no assists steals or blocks uh hill is free throws which is nice um, so, kind of the inverse of what we'd expect from Shangun. is someone that you'd think would get some more assist deals and blocks and maybe the efficiency wouldn't be there. So, that's a bit weird. Um, yeah, I, I'm worried. I, I am worried because it's it's just more the fact that if he's coming off the bench and playing 30 minutes, still fine. That's that's all good. But he played 22 you know, Kenyon Martin Jr. played more minutes than he did. Um, Bruno Fernando, like I said before, played more minutes than Alperen Shangun. His usage was not sky high in that second unit, so it's it's not it's not looking great. Don't panic. You're not dropping him. You're not doing anything really. You're probably not going to be able to sell him for a reasonable value. So unfortunately, you've just got to kind of wait it out and hope that the the rockets change it up and switch it up. The, the bad thing is that Bruno Fernando actually looks kind of decent out there. He was blocking shots and and rim running. He was three from three from the field, kind of just staying in his lane and just doing what was asked of him. Um, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not too excited about this development um, for Shengun owners. He was someone that, towards the end of the last season, I dropped him a little bit in my rankings. He was getting priced out in most of the drafts that I win. I don't have him anywhere outside of uh, one Dynasty League where I have uh, Shengun shares from last season. So, um, hopefully, it doesn't affect a lot of you guys, but if you do have him, I think you're probably just going to have to wait it out, unfortunately, and just cross your fingers. But... I didn't really love what I saw. Uh, Jalen Green was um, decent, but not great. He he looked really good in the preseason. I think that he's going to be better than this. Thirty five percent, one from seven from three is obviously not really what you're after. I think you're going to be having a bit of a roller coaster with Jalen Green this season. Uh, he again had the most amount of shots on this team, and um, you know a steal and a block is you welcome that from Jalen Green. The three assists. There was a lot of talk about him upping his assists. I don't know if I see a huge uptick to his assists this season, um, but you just probably hope that he's a bit more efficient than this moving forward. But did show some good flashes, and obviously I would be holding. Kevin Porter Jr. was a guy that I have been calling a sleeper the entire preseason, even in the latest uh, rank changes for Yahoo. Still didn't come in enough. And um, whilst I don't want to have a, a victory lap too early, He's looking pretty good. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, hit 3 threes, 47.4% from the field, didn't murder your free throws. Yeah, he had two turn- 4 turnovers, but whatever, who cares? Um, I think he's really, really good. Uh, well, I-, I shouldn't say that. He's not really, really good from an NBA point of view. He's improved a lot. He's a good fantasy contributor and someone that is very underrated. And it's just hard to find that production. It's really hard to find 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, who can give you over two threes per game. It's just hard to do. So he is definitely someone, if you manage to snag later in drafts, um, pat yourself on the back. I don't think this is a sell-high moment. I think this is more of what we can expect from Kevin Porter Jr. Jabari Smith, uh, obviously, he got a lot of shots, which is excellent. Third in this team by a wide margin in uh, field goal attempts, which is great for his value. He was always going to be inefficient. He's going to shoot a lot of his attempts from three. Shot 11 threes, hit three of them. Um, So field goal percentage was always going to be an issue. He was someone that I was always keen on in those punt field goal percent um, builds. Seven rebounds is decent. No steals or blocks yet, but I think that they are coming. Uh, And he did look like he got more comfortable as the game went on. Um, Outside of that, the only other one one we'll touch on is Tari Eason, the hype guy from this preseason, preseason Eason. 15 minutes, like I said, over and over again, he's going to be a bit of a tease, especially to start this season. 8.7 rebounds um, with nothing else. He was efficient from the field, but again, he's probably someone, if you're in a super competitive league and there's a glaring obvious target out there, it's not the worst thing in the world for me to drop Tari and to go and get a guy. Say Suggs is out there. Say someone like Santi Aldama, who we'll talk about um, soon, is out there. I think making that swap is okay. I might even be happy to swap him for Jalen Durant as well. I think that he's going to be an ad at some point this season, but I don't know if he's worth holding on for now, because like Alperen Shukun last year, you could be waiting a while um, whilst he labours on the bench and doesn't get enough minutes there. On to the Atlanta Hawks. Pretty much a lot of it went to how we thought. Let's talk about the Clint Capella, a Kongwu battle, 26 minutes for Capella, 21 for Kongwu. So, you know, not quite the 24-24 split that we hoped we'd get, but... From what I was watching, Okongwu just looks better to me. I still am sticking with my prediction that Okongwu takes over at some point this season. 13-9 um, and 9 is, and 75% of the field is, you know, that's decent enough to stay on your roster, so keep holding Okongwu. It's going to be up and down, but uh, I think that he will eventually pay that off. It's just a matter of can you wait long enough. For Klinkapella, um, you know, three, three field goal attempts. only hit one of them. Still gave you eight boards and two blocks, again, which is really, really good. If that's, um, you know, three for three, then it's a much better looking line. So, again, I think he's going to be kind of what he is, but there is a bit of that downside risk that a Congo does take over from him. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray were great. They split their time um, very, very nicely. Um, so, yeah, I think there's not too much concern there. Again, Trey, 23 points. It's decent, but it's not 30 points. So... He was the guy that I was actually a little bit more worried about than Dejounte, even though I did have him higher in my rankings, just because in head-to-head, you'd like his big boosts and positives in his strengths. But Dejounte Murray is a player that I had inside my top 20, where I don't think a lot of other people did. He's a guy that I have in a few leagues. Five steals, you're not going to expect that every night, but two steals? Absolutely. The rebounds, 5, 11 assists. So, 11 assists for, for Murray, 13 for Trey Young. That's, uh, that's really, really encouraging to see that, um, the fact that these guys are basically just dominating the ball when they're out there. So, I don't think that the assists will drop off all that much, maybe a little bit, but that is a good, encouraging start for both of those guys. Andre Hunter, we'll touch on real quick, 22 points, um, but 3 rebounds, 1 assist, a steal, You can have him as a points guy, but I don't really think that he's going to provide much value elsewhere. And when he's not shooting 67% from the field, he's not going to offer you anything. So... He's not a high-priority add to me. He's fine. Um, You can take the punt, but I think there are other better guys out there more likely on your waiver wire. And John Collins uh, was was solid here. Not really too much to say here. Very efficient. So he maybe was a little bit slept on um, going to drafts. So you might have got a good bit of value for John Collins if you got him in those middle rounds. On to the Pelicans and the Nets here. This is going to be a monster podcast, guys, but um, thank you for checking out and thank you if you are still with me. So uh, moving on to this one, Zion um, was awesome, 25 points, uh, 50%. The one thing that really catches my eye here is the four steals. Now, early in the season, steals, defensive stats, percentages are always just wild, right? Right. There's high variance in those stats, and it often throws off rankings. Zion Williamson getting four steals is encouraging, but I'm not absolutely, um, you know, completely buying it. If he does get, you know, over a steal, a steal and a half per game, the top 20 is absolutely there for him. Um, He only, you know, three or four from the free throw line is good as well. The fact that he didn't hurt you there more is really, really positive. So it's a really good game from Zion. Really, really good game. So again, I was documented to say that I didn't really love him on uh, on a Giannis-built team, but on a Luka team, I was happy to take him to third. Didn't get him in any of my drafts anywhere, so I won't be enjoying him from a fantasy point of view, but he looks good out there. Valanciunas, um, 26 and a half minutes. I think that's about what we're going to expect from him on a nightly basis, but in that time, he was still able to do 15 and 13 with two assists, um, only 46 percent from the field, so maybe hits an extra shot there most nights. So he should still have decent value. Um, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. There was a little bit of a risk there that he loses a bit of minutes with Zion returning, but didn't look to be the case here. I don't think there's much more upside than this for Jonas Valanciunas. Potentially a bit of a sell high moment, although I think this is kind of what we should expect from him. Maybe with a little bit less usage, maybe with a little bit uh, fewer minutes downside, but um, nothing that I'm, you know, it it eased my mind a little bit for for Jonas seeing him out there and still doing Jonas things. Herb Jones didn't get any steals in this game, which was unfortunate. Got you a block, um, 28 minutes. I think that's about what we should be expecting from Herb. Um, you'd hope he'd be a bit more efficient, and the steals will come. But again, he, again he's, he's a guy that probably got a bit too hyped in drafts. He's a bit of a steal specialist only and doesn't do a whole lot else. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Trey Murphy keeps cutting into that playing time. Um, so again, one to watch. Obviously, he's a hold. I don't think you should be dropping him, but... Um, yeah, again, viewing him more as a specialist than a lock for a top 100 fantasy value. And then Trey Murphy here, wasn't really too impactful early on, but definitely got it going late. Uh, super efficient, 5 from 7, 4 from 6 from the 3. He is someone that if he can get up to 30 minutes at any point during the season, he's going to absolutely crush it. He's only going to need an injury to one of... Any one of Herb Ingram, Valanciunas, Zion, any one of those guys, maybe outside of CJ McCollum, and he is absolutely going to—he's uh, going to be really good. So he's someone I'm definitely still holding. If he's out there, I would be adding him. Um, it looks like to me he should be around that 25 minutes per night kind of kind of range. I think that there's scope for Jonas's um, minutes to go down or Herb's minutes to go down and Trey Murphy's to go up. Uh, Maybe even Najee Marshall's minutes to drop a little bit. Trey Murphy clearly is the best guy on their bench to me, so he should be their sixth man. And I think that uh, he's in for a decent season. So... Nothing has dissuaded me from Trey Murphy. I've got him in a lot of leagues and I uh, think that he is definitely someone I'd be adding in 12-teamers um, as a bit of a must-roster player to at least see how it goes over the first few weeks. Um, it won't be this good and this efficient every night, but... Uh, He is someone who who will shoot it well. He will do uh, really efficient things. And like I've said before, I view him as like a uh, Michael Porter Jr. light kind of fantasy stat set. And that's exactly what we've seen here in uh, limited minutes. So, uh, so far, so good for that one. Let's hope that that can tick up. Maybe just a little bit more than what we saw tonight. Over on the Brooklyn Nets side of things, guys, don't be panicking on Ben Simmons. You didn't draft him for scoring. Um, He fouled out in 23 minutes. Uh, Obviously, it's not what you wanted. Five rebounds, five assists, um, shot two from three, missed both his free throws, no steals and blocks. It's not, it's not a good game. I know that. Um, but don't panic. It's, uh, it's a long season. Again, this is what we talked about in that how to prepare for week one video. Don't, don't panic. He's a guy that you, you drafted in for his assists, steals, rebounds, and good field goal percentage. He still gave you five assists, five rebounds, a good field goal percentage. The steals weren't there. That, that's fine. He won't be playing 23 minutes a night, and, and this kind of foul travel never really got into a rhythm. So he will be fine. Um, Nicholas Claxton came out and did his thing in 25 minutes that's all he needs, guys. That's all he needs. Uh, he's going to be someone who I think comfortably finishes inside the top 100 as long as he's starting. And I don't see any real threat to his um, starting role on this team at the moment. Uh, the only one that maybe could threaten him here is De'Aaron Sharp. 22 and a half minutes. He is someone you definitely can pay attention to in deeper leagues. He's a good rebounder and block, uh, shot blocker. Um, he went one of eight from the field, that will definitely not be a trend that continues. So he is someone that could have had a really big night if that field goal percentage was anything close to normal. So if that was 4 of 8, you're looking at someone who put up 10, 8... Uh, and, and assist, two steals and two blocks on 50%, hit both his free throws. So, absolutely someone in a deeper league that I would be having a look at. Um, Dynasty managers have a look at De'Ron Sharp. He is someone who does have a good uh, permanent upside. And Nicholas Claxon's is not the healthiest, um, most durable player, so... It's a good bet to, to have him as a bit of a stash if you are in a deeper league. Maybe not someone who troubles standard leagues just yet, but again, another watchlist guy if you need someone for big man stats. Uh, potentially, maybe if uh, Isaiah Jackson becomes too much of a headache to hold on to, Sharp might be your high upside replacement. Um, and then Kevin Durant did his thing. He's Kevin Durant. Nothing really to talk about too much there. Kyrie Irving was a bit inefficient. Not something we typically see from Kyrie. He will be better. Missed all of his threes. Not worried at all. I think um, he played 34 minutes. That's encouraging. But, yeah, he will definitely be better. So, not worried there at all. Moving on to the next game, Chicago versus Miami. Um, Now, uh, before we get to the actual box score, Zach Levine was out this game with a knee management uh, I'm concerned. I am very concerned about Zach Levine. He is someone who's had a few surgeries on his knees before. It never really gets talked about a lot as a guy who's injury prone, and and, and part of that is you know a bit of my fault too. I don't often think about Zach Levine as someone who is injury prone. However, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I am worried. I think that if you can get back atop. 50 player, I would absolutely do so, pull the trigger. I don't know if that's going to be possible with everyone else probably as worried as I am. Um, but if he comes back and puts together a good stretch of games and people start to forget about that, it might be someone who I look to trade um if I can, if I can sell for someone who's a top 50 guy. So again, just one to monitor, but not a good sign to be missing the first game of the season for knee management uh, with his history of knee surgery. So that obviously helps DeMar DeRozan, who will, um, if Levine is going to be missing a lot of games this season, will be uh, a good bet to finish and continue putting up what he did last time. Seven from 11 from the free throw line is not something that we normally see from DeRozan. That's Absolutely an anomaly, and uh, we shouldn't expect that to continue. But, yeah, good game for DeRozan. Patrick Williams, you can go ahead and drop him. Get him out of here. Uh, can't do with Zach Levine out. 28 minutes per night and only put up 4 points, 2 rebounds, no assists. He put up a steal, 0 blocks, shot 2 of 6 from the field. So usage was low, was inefficient. Um, Just drop in. I don't think that the upside is high enough when you have other options out there. Uh, If there's absolutely nothing on your waiver wire and it's barren, you can maybe give him a little bit more time and uh, maybe it gets better than this. But his fantasy game in itself is not particularly tantalizing. So here's someone you can drop. Um, Alex Caruso is, again, someone who bene- benefited with Zach Levine out and saw an increase in his minutes. He's serviceable for now as a Steel streamer, but as soon as Levine comes back or um, you know those minutes drop down, he's someone you can move on from. But, again, I view him just as a streamer, but he is fine for that purpose. Ayo Sumnu is someone who definitely needs to be added in standard leagues at the moment. Um, usage was high. Higher than I expected. Obviously, Levine being out helped him, but the fact that he took the second most amount of shots on this team, very, very encouraging. He is a a fairly efficient player too. Got you some defensive stats, some assists. Definitely someone that should be added. 36 minutes should stay up that. He should get more minutes than Caruso comfortably uh, and definitely someone who I think is worth adding for sure. Over on the Miami Heat side, Caleb Martin started at power forward. Nothing too exciting, but two steals, three assists, um, hit a three, you know he's not going to be a guy that blows you away in scoring, but should be serviceable enough in some of those other categories. In a 10-team league, I don't think he's a must-roster player. In a 12-team, he probably should be there, but low-ish upside, so if there's someone staring you in the face with high upside, he, he's not an absolute must-hold kind of a guy. Bam struggled from the field, but I'm encouraged by the fact that he tied the team in field goal attempts along with Tyler Hero, so... That is positive, so don't panic about Bam. Jimmy did Jimmy things. We never questioned his ability to contribute to our fantasy team. 16 free throws, uh, classic Jimmy Butler. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of him staying out on the court. Tyler Hero did his thing. A lot. Some people were concerned about him losing usage in the starting role. Again, tied Bam with the most amount of field goal attempts on this team, so... Again, not something that I'm really worried about. I think he'll pretty much do what he did last season. And a lot of people are panicking about Kyle Lowry. Don't drop him. Do not drop Kyle Lowry. He played nearly 35 minutes tonight. Shot was not going. 1-7 from the field. Um, look, he's he is old, but he, he was like the top 60 player last season. He, you probably drafted him closer to like the 90s. I think that he's going to be about that kind of a level... Don't drop Kyle Lowry just yet. He's just had a poor performance and he is someone who I expect to bounce back. So not panicking on Kyle Lowry just yet. Keep, uh, holding him. I've had several people tell me that they're going to be dropping him for players like Jaden Ivey and that. So, um, yep, don't panic on Carl Larry. He, he'll he be fine, in my opinion. And uh, Max Struess is maybe worth a mention as a bit of a points and threes streamer. Not going to be this efficient, so by no means a must-roster guy, but if you need points and threes, he might be able to provide you that. Uh, but again, more of a streamer to me than a must-roster player. Over to Cleveland and Toronto. Okay, I'm getting a bad uh, thing here from NBA.com, so let's refresh that. Yep, back onto here. So, Darius Garland exit the game early. I think, was it an eye issue or something like that? So, only played at 13 minutes. Hopefully, he's good and it's not going to be anything serious. I don't think it keeps him out very long. So, um, Donovan Mitchell benefited from that. Um, don't expect it to be this good all the time. Evan Mobley, the usage... Um, a little bit concerned, the fact that he only got nine field goal attempts with Garland exiting early. A little bit of a worry, but, you know, he's a young player. He might just be working his way in, so uh, don't do anything rash and trade him or do anything like that. You're just going to have to sit this one out and hope it gets better. He still gave you a steal and a block. Um, again, it's not ideal. Hit a three, which is good. It's encouraging that he shot three threes. Um I would expect that to get better as the season goes along and he gets a bit more confident. He is still coming back from that ankle injury, which sort of interrupted a lot of his preseason. So he's probably still getting his uh, legs underneath him to get going. So not too concerned. Karis Laverde is never really a guy that I'm very keen on. He's uh, not a good category player, poor efficiency. Um, he did hit all his free throws today, but I wouldn't expect that trend to continue. No steals, no blocks. Um, and, uh yeah, just, just not someone I've ever really been keen on in fantasy purposes. He's fine if you don't worry about uh, field goal or free throw percentages. You can sort of have him on your roster. But, again, by no means is he a must-hold player in my eyes. There are higher upside guys that I'd be happy to make the switch from. And the rest of this team is just whatever. So, nothing more really to see there. and And kind of similar story with the Raptors. Nothing really to discuss. Maybe the uh, the precious Achua situation. Some people thought he was a bit of a breakout candidate. Eighteen minutes in a game versus in the Cavs, who are considered a big front court with Mobley and Allen. I think that that's bad news for Precious. He's not someone that I would be clinging onto and holding at all costs. Would very happily be okay to make the switch from him to Jalen Duran um, or, or someone else who's higher upside for me. So he's definitely a droppable player. No, By no means a must drop. Again, you're not dropping him for just anyone, but I don't think you have to hold him at all costs and wait it out because I don't expect the upside to be super high. Everyone else was kind of just doing their thing, high minutes for all the starters. Um, should note that Scotty Barnes had seven assists. We talked about maybe him getting a bit more of a playmaking role in the preseason. Led the team in assists here, which is good. Lots of steals for all of the Raptors starters. Uh, we got a steal for uh, Gary Trent, so that's positive. Um, but everyone else kind of just did what they normally do and uh, played big minutes Um Fred VanVleet, thirty-eight, nearly thirty-nine minutes in game one. Let's see, let's see how those knees hold up. So, uh, yeah, pretty typical night for the Raptors, in my opinion. Over to the overtime game, New York versus Memphis. Um, so this game here. Big news with this one was Mitchell Robinson was limited with five fouls in just 12 and a half minutes, which led to Isaiah Hartenstein playing 40 minutes for the Knicks, led the team in minutes. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but played great, 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists, had a block, shot 64% from the field, hit both his free throws, didn't hit any of his three threes, but um, he is absolutely someone that needs to be on every 12-team roster at the moment. It's not going to be this good. Mitchell Robinson is not going to foul out or, or nearly foul out in 12 minutes every night, but there is definitely a real chance that um, Tibbs realizes that Isaiah Hartenstein, who I believe is a better player than Mitchell Robinson at some point, so that is a possibility. So I, and, and Mitchell Robinson is not the healthiest player. He does get into foul trouble a fair bit, so Isaiah Hartenstein has the upside that he absolutely should be rostered in uh, all 12 team leagues. Um, Emmanuel quickly, 17 minutes. Probably a drop candidate, uh, even without um, uh, even without their other. Who am I just talking about? I've lost my mind here. Too many, too many games. Uh, uh Quinton Grimes, even without Grimes in the lineup, the fact he still didn't get twenty plus minutes, he is someone you can easily drop. Cam Reddish is someone we want to highlight. Twenty two points, shooting sixty percent, hit three of his six three pointers. I am not expecting this trend to continue, but. He could be a speculative ad. Uh, I'd probably make the switch from quickly to reddish just based on those minutes alone. Um, I'm not completely sold, but it is enough. If all the other must-add guys are off the waiver wire, then he is someone that I could take a punt on and cross my fingers and hope for the best. Uh, The other guys kind of just did what they did. Um, RJ Barrett, not the best line. Shot very poorly, but that's kind of his thing. He's not a very efficient guy, so... Again, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these guys. I was probably lower than most people on Brunson... Randall and Barrett, and uh, nothing really changes my opinion of those guys here. Over on the Memphis Grizzlies, talking about must-roster players, Santi Aldama played 39 minutes in his debut here, led the team in minutes even more than Ja Morant, um, looked good too, played well in the defensive end, 18 points, 11 rebounds, a steal and a block, hit three threes, did it efficiently, absolutely a must-roster player while Jaron Jackson Jr. is out, and Brandon Clark is not someone who I would particularly ...be super keen to hold on to. By all means, he's not a must-drop player... But if you could make the switch between he and Aldama, I would do it. Um, Just that minutes difference is absolutely enough for me to do that. He didn't look particularly great out on the floor. um, Missed both his threes. um, Just looks like a terrible shooter. I don't think that's going to change. His biggest thing is field goal percentage. So if you don't need that, he's pretty worthless for a lot of teams. Um, So yeah, Brennan Clark, again, I had him as a bit of a bust. So far, that is correct. It could change. I'm not holding my breath, though. Um, The other guys could have just did what they did. Ja Morant. um, Hit his free throws. Does that continue? I don't know. Maybe. If it does, it definitely improves his value a fair bit. Um, But he looked great out there. He's an amazing player. Uh, We know this. Um, John Conchar maybe has some short-term value as Brooks is out much longer. I don't know if he's going to be out for very long. So you might not even get to use him, but... You know, if if he is out, confirmed next game, you've got a streaming spot, you could do worse than John Conchar and Desmond Bain. 27% from the field. I was a little bit worried about his efficiency. He looks like he might be getting a high usage this season while Jaron Jackson Jr. is out. Kind of like that Michael Porter Jr. story from last year. I I like Bain a little bit better than Michael Porter Jr. I still had him as a top 60 guy, but some people had him as like a top 45, top 40 player. I don't think I'll go that high. Um, So, you know... Again, something we should have a look at. But the fact that he's getting 22 shots is is really only a positive thing. We just hope that he uh, hits more of them next time. Uh, let's move on to the next game over on OKC and Minnesota. Um... The OKC front court is going to be a mess for most of the season, in my opinion. Poku is someone that should be probably on a roster in most 12-team leagues, especially if you're the team punting field goal percentage. He could be valuable in that kind of a build. Um, 25 minutes, you'd want more, but he, he did enough here. 11 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, a block, hit a couple of threes. Um, had some really awful shots down the end, but you know if a couple of those go in, it, the line looks a lot better. So he is someone that is is an add, I think, in a lot of uh, places. If you are punting the field goal percentage, um, Dort mm, don't know, not not very excited about Dort this season. So uh, someone that if I had to drop him, he I'd be fine to do it. Giddy lost some assists, I think, with Shea coming back. If that's a trend we see continue, one to monitor. But again, decent line. Um, 11 rebounds is nice. couple of blocks are good. We don't expect that to keep happening. Hit two threes. It's all pretty good there. Hopefully those assists do come back up, even with Shea back in the line. And Shea, Gildas Alexander, if you got him if you got him after round four because of the worry that he was going to miss time, and obviously he didn't miss any time, um, just pat yourself on the back because that's just going to be a huge steal to start the season. So he is, he is just really, really good. And Jalen Williams was someone that we were adding at the end of drafts. It might come later, but for now, for now, I think he is someone that if you need to grab one of those hot guys, you can drop him to do so and uh, you know just keep him on your watch list if, and see if he gets more minutes sooner rather than later. But obviously, six minutes is not going to be enough to get it done. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, Jaden McDaniels. You guys all know that I'm a pretty big Jaden McDaniels fan. Did not expect this um, and won't expect this in the future, but very, very encouraging nonetheless. It might be a bit of a sell high if you can get someone like a top 60 player, and convince someone that he's going to be the next big thing, the next star. Um, Three steals, two blocks, 19 points uh, on 50% shooting. Got to the line 10 times, hit nine of them. All very, very encouraging. I really like him as a player. Don't know if he's going to get this much usage moving forward, but if he does... He could be really, really good. He could be really, really good. Um, Carl Luffy Towns. some people are panicking. He did only get 10 field goal attempts. Um, lower usage than Jada McDaniels, which is interesting. I wouldn't expect to it to continue. Seven assists is nice. Um, 100% from the line. Two threes is nice. Um, he should shoot better than, than that from the field. We do worry with him going to power forward that maybe the field goal percentage does come down. Seven of his 10 field goal attempts were from three. So, you could see the field goal suffer this season. Definitely one to monitor. Um, I'm not panicking. You can't do anything. You're not going to trade him. So, just sit tight and hold on. Rudy Gobert is going to be Rudy Gobert. I was happy to draft him in the second round. Um, Yeah, so I think he's just going to be fine. 23 points led the team in scoring. That's nice. Probably not going to happen again, but got you his block. 16 rebounds, 10 of 15. Awesome. Anthony Edwards, I don't know if he's going to be returning that second round value. I was always concerned about that, but will obviously be better than this. Won't shoot 23% from the field, so that will definitely change. Um, the seven assists are very encouraging. That is very, very nice. Um, but, you know, again, he's going to have to be getting big, big usage. He did lead the team in, in shots, which is encouraging, um, But, yeah, obviously too early to tell for him. Um, He could still get there. Like, let's not overreact to game one. But, um, obviously, not the best start. But, again, if you own him, don't panic. Don't do anything. You're just going to have to wait it out. Let's go on to the San Antonio Spurs versus the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I've had a lot of people already panicking about my guy here, Devin Vassell. Um, If we start with the Spurs, Devin Vassell, 20% from the field. I guarantee you, he is not going to shoot 20% from the field. I guarantee you, he is not going to shoot 0% from eight attempts from three. If that even is just 40% and he hits three of eight threes, well, there's a 20 point per game you know, and you've got four assists, you've got a steal, and you've got three threes. He's not going to shoot 62% from the free throw line. This is absolutely a textbook by low situation. If people are panicking, you can go in there and grab him. If you can get him for a top 100 guy, absolutely do it. Um, not panicking about Denver Cell. He and Keldon Johnson are going to have just sky-high usage for this whole season, and I uh, don't think that that's going to change. He will be poor from the field. You do have to worry about the field goal percentage, but in a punt field goal percentage, I, I think he has top 50 upside. Uh, so I'm not worried there at all. Trey Jones with 24 minutes, you'd like to see that a bit higher. I wasn't as high on Trey Jones as a few other analysts that I've seen out there. Um, in fact, Josh Primo played more minutes than he did. One to monitor. Obviously, you don't panic or do anything silly just yet, but definitely... One, to monitor. Jeremy Sohan was a guy that we might have taken as a flyer. We weren't expecting big points, but two steals, seven rebounds, two assists, poor from the, the field, and missed his only free throw. I still am holding on to him, um, but it's okay to make the switch if there's a super hot free agent out there and he's your worst player, but... Uh, I don't think he's the worst guy to hold on to. I think he will still get decent minutes. And again, you're not having him for the points. It's, it's the rebound steals, um, and blocks potentially. Maybe he gets you some assists as well. Jakob Pertl kind of just did his thing and he was pretty good. Um, On the uh, Charlotte Hornets side of things, P.J. Washington is a guy that I've got in a lot of leagues. He looked really good there and in a blowout game, still nearly played 30 minutes a night. I really like P.J. Washington this year. Rosier and Gordon Hayward did what we expected. I think they will comfortably beat their ADP whilst um, LaMelo Ball is out and probably even when he gets back. So the key thing, especially for Gordon Hayward, is just health there. Kelly Oubre started but only played 23, less than 23 minutes per night. He is okay as a guy in a 12-team league if you need points and threes, um, but that's about it. And uh, Dennis Smith Jr., again, in deeper leagues, um, steals, blocks, assists. He's a really good guy whilst uh, LaMelo Ball is out for you to stream those uh, stats. And uh, and Nick Richards is maybe someone that we monitor. He's only behind Mason Plumlee. Played a really good game here, 19 points, 10 rebounds. I don't know if I'm rushing to add him on the waiver wire just yet, but in deeper leagues, yes, in four-team and uh, deeper leagues, I probably am am adding him. On 12s, I think he's still just a watch, personally, because I don't know how much we can expect this to happen. It was against the Spurs, who, as we know, are really, really bad this year. Last few games here, guys. Thank you very much for sticking this podcast. This is going to be a long one, but I uh, wanted to get all this information to you all, uh, and then we'll get into a bit of a flow next uh, week when we uh, talk a bit more broadly about the NBA. Um, the Nuggets lost to the... Um, who did they lose to? They lost to uh, the Utah Jazz, surprisingly. Michael Porter Jr. did Michael Porter Jr. things. Um Again, not someone that I was super keen on, but again, solid start for him. And the fact that he played 35 minutes, to me, is encouraging. We were worried a little bit about, you know, how maybe they were going to treat him. But here you go. 35 minutes, game one, is always a good sign. Jokic is good. Okay, we knew that. Contavious Corp, Pope is not good. Uh, 35 minutes to score two points. Missed all his free field goal attempts. Um, he did get six assists and two steals, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, He's definitely not someone that we have in 12-team leagues, and uh, I wonder if those minutes stay that high. It probably will for a little while, but if he continues to suck, we could see those minutes drop down, and hopefully that means that someone like a Bones Highland increases his minutes. I'm probably still holding Bones, but it wasn't encouraging, but I still think that his permanent upside is high enough that I can see an avenue for him to get, especially if Jamal Murray is resting some more games and things like that, that he can have... Uh, a bit of a fluctuation in his value. But the 16 minutes for Bones is is obviously not encouraging. Uh, And Jamal Murray, to speak about the man himself, obviously not a great performance. We knew he was going to be rusty. He came out with, I think, uh, a bit of a head injury, but came back in, still played 26 minutes. They said there was going to be a hard minutes cap. This, to me, does not seem like a hard minutes cap A hard minutes cap would be like that Clay Thompson thing we saw from the Warriors. So this, to me, is is actually kind of encouraging. Um, He will be better. It will take him a little bit of time to get in there. So in a few games' time, or even after today, there is a bit of a buy low, in my opinion. Um, Especially because he was ranked at 111 until the last weekend of the season. Some people might think that that's where he should be. So if you can get him for a a guy around pick 100, absolutely do it. Um, But if you do have him, just be patient, in in my opinion. On the Jazz side, Kelly Linick and Vanderbilt were both very much limited by fouls. So, don't drop Olenek. Vanderbilt still put up a decent line with 12 rebounds and 18 minutes per night. That's what he does. He got your a steal, 75% of the field. That's awesome. Kelly Linick, keep holding him. Um, he only played 15 minutes because he had 5 fouls in that time. So, don't panic on him. Larry Markkinen should probably lead this team in scoring, in my opinion, if not for Colin Sexton. But Sexton, to talk about him, 21 minutes. It's not enough for me. He's not good enough of a fantasy player to impact teams in that fewer minutes. Yes, he scored 20 points here and he did it on 50% shooting, but to me, this is not a good sign for Colin Sexton. If I can trade him high, I absolutely would. I am not convinced that he is going to be someone that we are absolutely holding unless we see some real shutdown stuff, which we definitely could for Utah. But at the moment, and then just the fact that he's not a good fantasy guy, he doesn't give you the rebounds, the steals, the blocks. He doesn't even shoot that many threes. Uh, he's just he's just always been a bit overrated in fantasy, in my opinion. And the 21 minutes here has me very, uh, very concerned. Uh, Mike Conley did his thing. He's going to beat his ADP as long as he's out there. You just worry about the shutdown and the uh, the resting risk and all those kind of things. Walker Kessler is someone you could add and probably should have been drafted. I'm not expecting this. He benefited a lot from Olenek and Vanderbilt getting into foul trouble. So uh, I'm not getting too excited until I see a game without those guys in foul trouble and look at his minutes in that situation. Um, and in that situation, I don't think he's going to be someone that we necessarily have to hold. But for now, obviously, you do and just see how it works out. But um, just be warned that this is probably not what we should be expecting from him moving forward. Um, last two games here, Dallas and Phoenix. Let's bring it up. Um, let's talk about who's going to be here first. Come on, NBA.com. Keep up with me here. We've got a podcast to do. Uh, starting with Dallas, uh, Christian Wood came off the bench, only played 24 minutes. Uh, not the best sign. He was good in that time, 25, eight, and obviously someone that you keep. And, um, you know, that's fine. 24 minutes is not very encouraging though. Um, Maybe he's a sell high after this performance, potentially. I had him as my sixth man of the year award, and I look, I think maybe he gets higher minutes than this, but when you've got other guys like Dorian Finney Smith playing thirty-eight and Luca playing thirty-six, it was a close game. I don't know. That to be monitored with this one. Um but obviously he looked good out there. He did he did play well. So you're not going to do anything crazy, but the dream of him shooting free throws well is is gone. He, three from 10, he is a punt free throw guy. Uh, I never really bought into him hitting free throws in the preseason. Uh, so, yeah, definitely still a punt free throw guy. Outside of him and Luca, there's not really a lot to like on this team. Uh, Spencer Dinwini can be fine for some threes, assists and points, but uh, he won't be shooting this efficiently most of the time and obviously miss both his free throws. So, uh, yeah, not really exciting other than those two guys over on Phoenix guys chris Paul he, he's gonna be okay he's not gonna shoot sixteen percent from the field one for six it's not what we should, we should expect from him he's still got you nine assists hes still got you two steals he hit all his free throws um look three turnovers is not what we expect from Chris Paul either he's gonna be fine don't panic we knew the scoring was going to be tough but he shoots three from six you know there's already you know ten nine and two with fifty percent. free throws. That's a a Chris Paul kind of game. So, don't worry about him. He will be fine. Um, DeAndre Ayton did exactly what we expected of him. Cam Johnson, I think, left with some cramps. So, that kind of explains his 27 minutes. That should creep up over uh, over 30. So, he is someone that I did like a lot this season as a top 100 guy. You're not going to see a lot of, like, big... um, uh, Ancillary stats, but you know, points on efficient shooting with threes. um, You might get a steal and and a few rebounds uh, per game, so he should be fine. And everyone else is just kind of doing their thing on this team, so nothing really to see there. And on to the last game, guys. Again, thank you for sticking around. If you have done, um, let me know what you are, what your thoughts on the first NBA games are. If you're in the comments and you've stuck around for this whole podcast, but let's move on. Last one. Portland Trailblazers. Josh Hart, absolutely 100% must-roster player. 38 minutes in game one. That's very, very encouraging. Shot 73% from the field. Don't expect that to happen, but he is a good fantasy player. Seven rebounds, five assists, and a steal is great for him. So absolutely must-roster player. Um, Jeremy Grant, hats off to you, mate. You did really well in your first game. Um, I think I was starting to push him closer to Pick 100 in the late changes. Um, He obviously looked better than I thought. The free throw percentage, you know, 10 of 13 is enough to kind of hurt you a bit there. Two steals is nice. The rebounding is encouraging for him. He's not usually been a good rebounder guy. But let's, again, just see how that figures out moving forward. The fact that he, you know, 11, but he obviously got to the free throw line a lot. So usage was fairly high. Um, So that is also very encouraging. 22 field goal attempts for Anthony Simons is also very encouraging. The fact that he is still getting got more field goal attempts than Damian Lillard. Obviously, Lillard got to the free throw line a bit more, but that is obviously a good sign for him and played 36 minutes. So I think that he might be someone that could present a bit of value based on where he was going in drafts, at least for what you were getting him for, points, threes, and a little bit of assists there. Um, again, don't panic about Damian Lillard. Hopefully, if you draft at him, you're punting field goal percentage anyway. So this poor field goal percentage shooting, doesn't matter. But if he goes um, 8 of 18 and he hits another couple of threes there, this could be a really, really big line. It could be a 38 with two steals and three threes, 100% from the free throw line. There you go. That's a top 10 kind of a number. So um, it's all about the field goal percentage, guys. Don't panic. He will be fine. Um, One guy that I am excited about and I'm getting more and more into, I'm buying a little bit of the hype Not in 12 teams, not in 12 teams, but in 16-teamers and maybe even on 14-teamers. Shaden Sharp is a guy that I'm very interested in and someone who I am watching very closely. So he is someone that I think should be on the radar and on your watch list because maybe at some point this season he gets a few more minutes um, and could impact fantasy basketball uh, games. And last team we're going to go through today, the Sacramento Kings. Not a whole lot here to really dissect. Kevin Herter was really, really good, although I don't really believe it. Shot out of his mind from three, six of nine. I don't think that we can expect that very often. He is a guy that you can have as a points and threes guy, but you know he shoots two of nine and um, you know you whack off another 12 points from that line and, and then you've got 11, three and two with one steal and, and a couple of threes. That's more of what I would expect from a Kevin Herter. So for me, yeah, I'm not super excited. He could be an ad if he is out there and you need those stats. But again, I wouldn't really be fooled by this. And by no means is he a must-roster guy. Outside of that, Harrison Barnes was not a player that I'm very keen on. I don't think he's actually a must-roster player in 12-team leagues. Uh, Maybe in a roto format, he's fine. But in a head-to-head league, he just doesn't do enough in any one particular place for me to really hold on to him. And I think there's higher upside guys out there Personally, that might be controversial to say, but yeah, I don't think Harrison Barnes is by any means a must-hold guy. Fox played really well. We started with a good Fox game. Hooray, let's go. Um Maybe this is the year that he starts well and doesn't wait until after the All-Star break. Let's see how we go. But 33 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 2 steals, shot 57% from the field, hit 5 threes, and hit 80% of his free throws. This is a really, really good line. The turnovers, uh, obviously, are not good, but you you live with that with this kind of a line. And, um, yeah, hopefully this is the year that, finally, my belief in De'Aaron Fox pays off. And uh, Sabonis... Look, it's not the best Sabonis line. We'd hoped that he'd get a few more rebounds, but I think that they're coming. Um, I'm not panicking yet yet on Sabonis. But again, you you guys know that I was a bit further down on Sabonis this preseason, but even I think that this is not something that we should expect from him moving forward. So... That will do it today, guys, for the recaps portion of the show. Uh, It's getting dark here that I've been talking so long. Um, Make sure you guys uh, check out the uh, ballboysmba.com If you want to get your questions answered, head over there and uh, submit your questions on the exclusive Q&A podcast. Give this video a big whole thumbs up. I don't know if I've ever talked this much in my whole life to myself before, but give it a big thumbs up, guys, if you are enjoying your fantasy basketball experience so far. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Let us know what you are looking like in your fantasy basketball matchup so far down below. And I'll catch you guys later. Bye.